Well, the truth is we live in a world that is full of distractions. Everything is trying to pull us to the left and to the right, and our focus needs to be on our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so that's what we're going to see in our passage this morning. Whenever he says, bless the Lord, O my soul, that is turning our focus away from everything else and focusing and giving praise, honor, glory, and adoration to the one who has done so much for us, who has given so much to us and done so many things that we that is worthy of praise. And so that's what we're going to see in our passage this morning. And um, so let's get an outline. First, we're going to see that David in this psalm begins with, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. It's a worship that is not superficial, but that is sacrificial, that is understanding what all God has done for us. And that's what he goes on to say, and forget none of his benefits as we dwell on, as we think about all that God has done for us, it ought to give us a heart to worship our Savior, Jesus Christ. And then he gives this final statement, so that your youth is renewed, because God has a purpose and a reason for saving us, for doing the things, taking us through struggles and trials in our life, for giving us health, wealth, and everything that we have. It's not just for our own good, but it's so that we may take the things that he's done for us and share them with other people to help other people to know and to grow and to be encouraged and even to bring others to faith in Christ. So let's begin by looking at Psalm 103. And as I said, it's a Psalm of David. And in, in these first few verses, David is crying out and he says, bless the Lord, O my soul. And whenever you see blessings, we think about blessings are something we get for for get them from God. But in this, he says, bless the Lord. And so whenever you see blessings and it's God to man, that's him giving us benefits and giving us things and um, rewarding us and all of those things. But whenever we give blessing back to God, it's praise, it's adoration. And he says, bless the Lord. And so, and why? Because of all that he has done for us, to us, and through us. So just as David was crying out to the Lord in this passage, we too can make application. Look with me beginning at verse 1, and it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. As I said, that word bless has the idea to praise, to worship, to give adoration. It means that we are to focus on our Savior, Jesus Christ, when we're worshiping, and we are to lay all the distractions aside. It's the same way that Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 tells us to live the Christian life. It says, lay aside anything that's slowing us down. It may be good things. It may be sin that's in our lives, but we are to lay those aside. We are to run the race with endurance, with our focus on where we're going. I don't know about you, but I know about me because I know that I've put my faith in Jesus Christ and I know that the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord and so I know where I'm going. I'm going to my Savior, Jesus Christ, and that's what he says. We are to keep our focus on 
Christ as we live the Christian life. The same is true whenever we worship God. We have to lay aside all the things that are going on in the world, all the things, the distractions that come upon us, and we are here to focus on our Savior, Jesus Christ. The truth is, even whenever we come in here on Sunday mornings, we have distractions. You know, most people, whenever they used to come on a Sunday mornings, they used to carry one of these. Some of you younger people may not even know what this is, but this is called a Bible. It's got a leather cover on it, and there's actually pages on the inside. But now, what do we do? We bring in one of these. This is the Bible. What do you mean that's a Bible? The Bible's a book? No, it's an app on your phone that you turn to. And so many people use this for their Bible, But what happens on a Sunday morning as you're looking, hopefully, at this Bible app? What happens? You know, that device is used for Facebook and for Twitter and for text messaging and phone calls. And many times whenever you're sitting here on a Sunday morning with your Bible app open, all of a sudden you got this notification. Wow, Man, my buddy is on vacation and he just posted three new pictures to Facebook. I better go check those out because they're more important than what is going on because that came in on the top of the Bible. It's a distraction and we lose our focus many times and that's what Satan tries to do with all the things that we have here in this world. The same thing is true. Maybe you got a text message from your buddy that you're gonna have lunch with three weeks down the road but he texts you right now and so it's more important that we um, reply to that text rather than focusing on our Savior as we worship him through studying his word. And so that is what we're talking about. Whenever we bless the Lord, whenever we come in here for a time of worship, our focus is to be on him and him alone. So if you use one of those devices, do as JB is doing right now because he's on an airplane, so he's got his phone in airplane mode. You put yours in airplane mode so we don't have those distractions coming in and pulling us away from the reason that we are here, and that is to worship our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so he goes on and he says that we are to bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, let's bless his holy name. And so, O my soul, that's from our innermost being. We are to bless him from our innermost being and all that is within me, we are to bless his holy name. But the truth is, sometimes we come in here on a Sunday morning and we have all the distractions and troubles and trials going on in our lives and we don't truly come in here and worship our Savior. We look like it, we're in the right place, but we don't have the right right heart and we're not focusing in the right place. It's like Jesus, whenever he talked to the religious leaders, he said, yeah, you look good on the outside. You know, you, you give your money and you drop it in so that everybody can see you and everybody can hear you. But on the inside, what are you? You're whitewashed tombs. We need to be spiritually alive. We need to be spiritually focused. And that's what David is saying here. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, all that is within me. Let's bless his holy name. We're not here for something else. We're not here for the donuts, although they may be great. We're not here for the coffee, although it's good. 
We're not here to check a box off of our list. We're here to worship our Savior, Jesus Christ. And like I said earlier, worship is more than just singing the songs. You did great at singing the songs this morning and worshiping and singing out to Him. But worship is responding to God. And we worship Him as we pray, as we sing, as we give, as we do what we're doing right now, studying His Word so that we know more about Him, so that we can be more like Him, so that we can respond to the applications that are made from His Word. So we are to worship our Savior, Jesus Christ. He gave His all for us. Can we not also give our all to Him? Then in verse 2, David says again, Bless the Lord, O my soul. He's giving emphasis. He's giving emphasis to what it is that He wants us to do. And we are to bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of His benefits. So we are to bless the Lord and forget none of his benefits. The truth is, many times in life, what do we do? We dwell on the negative things, on the bad things, what somebody has done to us rather than what somebody has done for us. Oftentimes, whenever we go to God, what do we do? God, I need, I want, I desire all of these things, but yet we forget to thank him. But Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. I was meeting with John Bain this week, and we were talking, and he said, You know, I heard on the radio this thing, and it said, What if you woke up tomorrow morning with only what you thanked God for today? What would your life be like? What all has God done to us? We cannot forget the benefits that he has given to us. And so we're going to take a few minutes to look at some of the benefits that that David lists in this psalm. Look with me at verses 3 through 5. He's talking about the Lord and he said, Who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. So he gives us all of these benefits. He forgives us. He heals us. He redeems us. He crowns us. He satisfies us. And so let's look at these things and think about what they mean to us and for us as those of us who have put our faith in Jesus Christ. First of all, it says that he forgives us. Verse 3 says he pardons us all your iniquities. And so notice that he doesn't just pardon some of them. He pardons all of them. Look down with me to verse 10. He said, He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. I'm glad he doesn't reward me based on my sinful life. I'm glad that he is a gracious and a loving and a compassionate God. Down in verse 12, it says, As far as the east is from the west, he has removed our transgressions from us. So not only has he forgiven us our sins, but they've been removed as far as far as the east is from the west. You see, God is different. He sees us through the filter that is Jesus Christ. He sees us as perfect, righteous people, how we ought to see ourselves rather than than sinful people because Jesus Christ has 
taken care of and our sins have been forgiven. For those of us who have believed in Jesus Christ, we gain the forgiveness of sin at the moment we believe in him. Acts 13, 38 and Acts 10, 43, which says of him, all the prophets bear witness that through his name, everyone who believes in him receives the forgiveness of sin. At the moment you believe in Jesus Christ, all your sins, past, present, and future, positionally have been forgiven. Because of this, we can never lose our salvation. We can never lose our eternal relationship with the Almighty God because our sins have been forgiven. And for that, we ought to say, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless your holy name. But the truth is, experientially, we continue to sin. And so because of this, we lose our fellowship. We never lose our relationship, but we can get out of fellowship. You know, it's like if me and my mom were to get in an argument, which never happens, but if it were to happen and we were to get in an argument, she's still going to be my mom. We're still going to have that relationship. But at a point in time, we may not be in fellowship. We may not want to talk to each other for a few days. But you know what God does? If we are faithful and just, or if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we're right back into fellowship again. And so God is a God who forgives sin. And if you look at this passage of scripture, everything that he says there is present tense. He forgives our sins. He heals us. He does all of these things in the present tense. Although he has done, he has forgiven us in the past, he continues to forgive us in the present if we just simply go to him and confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Our sins have not only been forgiven, but they've been removed as far as the east is from the west. And because of that, we should be saying, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless your holy name. But that's only the beginning. He has just forgiven us our sin, but he also heals us. And whenever we think about God healing people, we think always generally about physical things. I mean, and it's true that God is the ultimate healer. When Jesus was here on this earth, he made the lame to walk, the blind to see. He even raised the dead. And so he is the ultimate healer. But in this passage of scripture, in the flow of it, he's talking about spiritual healing. We live in a spiritual battle. We have all kinds of spiritual diseases like lust, greed, depression, lack of faith. But the truth is when we believe in Jesus Christ, Romans 6 tells us that we've died and rose again with Christ so that we might walk in the newness of life. Even so, consider ourselves dead to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus. We have the power over sin. He's healed us from those diseases and he continues to heal us from those diseases. And so we don't have to live our lives wondering about all of these negative things that, that are in our lives because we have the power over them. 1 Peter 2.24 says, And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness, for by his wounds you have been healed. 
And so, so many times we want to dwell on the negative things in life. We want to dwell on um, depression and, and greed and lust and all those things. But we've been healed from those things. And he continues to heal us if we get into his word, if we worship him, if our focus is in the right place on him, we have the power over sin, darkness, and death. We are not to live our lives full of these diseases. We are to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. And when we do, it'll lead us to say, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Now, the next one, I think, is a key because he redeems us. He redeems us. He, he purchases us purchases us by paying a price. We all come into this world dead in our trespasses and sins. We're all on our way to eternal separation from God forever. But what did the Lord do? In John three sixteen? it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave him to do what? He gave him to die in our place. He gave him to purchase us by paying a price that we cannot afford to pay. Jesus Christ paid for the sins of all people, past, present, and future, at the moment that he was on Calvary and bearing in his body our sins. It wasn't just for our sins only, it was for the sins of the entire world, as 1 John 2.2 tells us. So he purchased us by paying a price that we couldn't afford to pay. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19 says, Knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life, inherited from your forefathers, but with the precious blood as of a lamb, unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. Because Jesus Christ paid for our sins, because we have been redeemed from the pit of death and we have been given eternal life by faith in Jesus Christ, we should be singing, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless your holy name. Because that's what John 3.16 goes on to say. He gave his only begotten son to die and rise again, but whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. It is that simple that if we believe in Jesus Christ, we get eternal life. We get redeemed from the pit. We get the forgiveness of sins. All of these different things that we're talking about by faith alone in Christ alone, God gives us these things. If you're sitting here today and you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, right where you're sitting, you can believe in him and he offers you as a gift everlasting life. It is that simple. And you too can say, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless your holy name. Next, we see that he crowns us with loving kindness and compassion. That word used there, to crown, has the idea of to encircle, to surround us with his loving kindness and compassion. That word loving kindness in the Hebrew is the, is the word hesed. And it means um, God's loyal love. He doesn't love us if he always loves us. He doesn't love us more if we're living for him than if we're living opposed to him. He always loves us. And he surrounds us with his loving kindness. That word is translated in the Greek to grace. 
It is by grace that we are saved through faith. And so it is not just that we are saved by grace, but God continues to encircle us, encompass us with his grace. Then it says, and compassion. In other versions of the Bible, it translates that to tender mercies. And so not only are we saved by his mercy, as Titus 3, 5 says, we're not saved on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy, he deals with us on a regular and everyday basis by mercy. And so he deals with us in love, grace, and mercy. And I'm glad that he deals with us in love, grace, and mercy rather than pouring out his justice on us. He already did that. Jesus Christ purchased us by paying the price that we couldn't afford to pay. And he deals with us in love, in grace, and mercy. And because of that, we should be saying, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And finally, we see that he satisfies us. You know, we live in a world that says we should never be satisfied. We need more stuff, newer stuff, bigger stuff. It's all about the stuff. But the truth is, stuff never satisfies. Only in Christ Jesus can we ever be satisfied. Romans 8:28 We know that God works all things together for good to those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. So God doesn't always give us what we want but he always gives us what is good. Not all things are good but all things work together for good. And whenever we understand that, we can be satisfied in whatever situation or circumstance that God has us in because we know he's working all things together for good. Philippians 4, 11 through 13, Paul is writing to the church at Philippi. They just sent him a gift. He's sending them a thank you for the gift that he received. And what does he say? He said, thank you for the gift, but I've learned to be... to." Be satisfied in every circumstance, whether I have a little or whether I have a lot. I've learned to be content in whatever circumstance I'm in. And we too can have that satisfaction. We can have that contentment in Christ Jesus whenever our focus and our worship is turned directly to him. And we're not focusing on the things of this world. And then he goes on in... Philippians 4.13, and says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. How can we do all things through him who strengthens me? If we live our life content that God is in control and he knows what he's doing and he knows where he's taking us, then we can be satisfied. And Jesus Christ is the one who satisfies us. So why does he do all of these things? Why does God forgive us? Why does he heal us? Why does he redeem us? Why does he crown us? Why does he satisfy our years with good things? He gives a purpose statement. So that our youth is renewed like the eagle. And that's what so that does. It gives purpose. What did I say? God works all things together for good. He does that not without a purpose in mind. He does it with a purpose so that your youth is renewed like an eagle. Listen to this. This is Isaiah 40, verse 31. Yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength, and they will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and no, not grow weary. 
So we need to mount up with wings like eagles. We need to be strong in our strength and in our might. And how can we do that? Because we're focused on God and we're living in the power of the Holy Spirit rather than in our own strength, in our own might. He doesn't want us sliding for home. He wants us to retain our vigorous youth throughout our whole entire lives. He wants us to use our life experiences, the good, the bad, the ugly, the things that we thought we would never, ever possibly be able to make it through. And then somehow, now I'm on the back side of that. He wants us to use that. He wants us to use what he has given to us, home, health, wealth, and all of those things, not just for ourselves, but so we can help others, so we can grow others, so we can encourage others, so that we can use the things that God has done to us and for us to help bring others to Christ. In Psalm 105, verse 1, he says, We are to make known his deeds among the people. That's why he does all of these things for us. That's why he gives us benefits, so that we can share the benefits that God has given to us with other people. He wants us to start strong. He wants us to finish strong. He wants from us. He wants us to fight the good fight of faith, to finish the course, to run the race with endurance so that he can crown us with the crown of righteousness, an imperishable crown that lasts forever. That's why he's provided us with all of these great benefits. They weren't just for us, but yet they are for us. He brings us through things. He gives us benefits. He gives us things exceedingly and abundantly beyond what we could ever ask or imagine so that whenever we look back at our life and where we've been and where we are, we can turn to him and say, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And I think that's why David wrote that those benefits right underneath Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. He's like, if I re- dwell on and remember all that God has done for me and how he has blessed me, then I should return the blessing back to him. So this morning we have seen that we are to bless the Lord with all that is within us, not superficially, but from our soul, from our innermost being. And there is reason to do so. And it's not just because the Bible tells me so, it's because we understand and realize who we are in Jesus Christ, the freedoms that we have here in this world and in this country to be able to worship our Savior Jesus Christ. It's because of the list of benefits that we saw in this passage that he forgives us, he heals us, he redeems us, he crowns us, and he satisfies our years with good things. So application is this. Let us forget none of his benefits. Let's don't take for granted what God has done for us. Let's recall to mind what he has done and how he has blessed our lives. And so let's don't forget his benefits. And if we don't forget his benefits, it will lead us to doing the second thing where we're blessing the Lord with all that is within us. You know, it's not just something that we are to do today because we're being taught this from God's Word. It's not just something that we are to do on Sunday mornings because it's a day dedicated for worship, but it's something that we need to do each 
and every day of our lives. God is here. He's worthy of all worship, all honor, all glory. That's the way we should start our day. That's the way we should go through our day. That's the way we should end our day is worshiping the Lord. And we're going to close this morning with the song that we started with. But before we do, I want to read what the verse, first verse says. And listen to this closely. It says, the sun comes up, it's a new day dawning. It's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass, whatever lies before me, let me be singing when the evening comes. If we dwell on the things that God has done for our lives, we'll wake up first thing in the morning and be singing, bless the Lord, O my soul. We'll go through the day and see how He's with us all the way through. And we'll say, bless the Lord, bless His holy name. And that's the way we should be ending our day, knowing that God is going to protect us, wake us up in the morning for another day to be with Him, to be doing what He has called us to do, to make His deeds known in not only in this community, in the lives of people that you come in contact with on a regular and everyday basis.